on your part. Welcome to the On Track and Field podcast. I'm your host, JT Ayers. Anything track and field related, equipment, uniforms, what have you, even batons, ontrackandfield.com, they'll hook you up. And you know what? And just for listening to this podcast, if you go to ontrackandfield.com and at checkout, at the promo code, type in track talk. It's T R A C K T A L K, all one word, track talk. Get 15% right off your order. And I'll tell you what, if you're buying some big, big items like I'm going to, like a pole vault pit, 15%, that's some cheddar. So make sure you look into that. Uh, with me today is Justin Wickard. And Justin is a good friend of mine, um, among other things. He was the uh, graduated in 2006 from Utah State. He was the school record holder in the 60-meter hurdles, NCAA qualifier in the 110 hurdles. But then after that, he spent 14 years as a college and spirits and hurdles coach. And that's what makes him really credible and interesting to talk about with today. Places like you might have heard of, Texas Tech, North Carolina, Louisiana Tech, TCU, Air Force Academy. It's quite a resume, Justin. Uh, during his coaching career, Wickard was able to produce multiple conference champions, school record holders, NCAA regional qualifiers, NCAA All-Americans. And currently, he has his own business. It's Tier Athletics, right? Tier 1 Athletics? Tier one athlete. Tier one athletics, man. And uh, you can check him out on Twitter too. It is a good follow. Um, he's in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex area. He's helping um, elite athletes, college athletes, high school athletes reach their their dreams and go to the next level. So let's start with that, Justin. You're on this podcast because I'm a high school coach and I am woefully ignorant to what it looks like to be a college coach and looking for an athlete. I want, and I care deeply about the athletes that are with me for four years, and I want them to see their dreams at the college level. Well, let's start there. How do we even do that? Like, how does a <laughs> high school coach get a kid to go to the next level regardless of we all believe and their mom believes and their grandma believes they're the greatest thing ever, and they probably are. Yeah. But what are colleges looking for in athletes? Yeah, uh, man, that's a huge question in itself. And that's one that we can do multiple podcasts on because sure. <laughs> uh, it's not it's definitely not easy at all. Um, you know, I, I can tell you this very candidly. Mm -hmm. Who cares what you do? Seventh grade year, eighth grade year, ninth grade year, 10th grade year. Unless you're one of the elite elites and you're running national rank times. I mean, like top five. Yeah. Now you're like, mm. but until then your sophomore year coaches will start looking, but really it's your junior year okay. that it starts really mattering. Cause I mean, even now with NCAA rules, if you're division one, even if you're division two, you know, NEI junior college, obviously they got different rules. So they're going to, they can recruit earlier, but let's be honest. If an NEI school or junior college or even D3 starts trying to talk to you when you're a sophomore, you're not listening. Why? Because everyone's like going D one, going yeah, D one. Yeah, right. So, so those coaches know, like, hey, yeah, I'm going to recruit, but we know that a lot of these times we're going to be the fallback. So we're going to wait. Okay. So is you that know? because they want, you know, colleges want to have their kids signed in the school, wrapped up before they're in their senior season? Because I mean, I do hear about yeah. colleges signing kids after their senior season or into their senior season because for whatever they didn't have a great junior season yeah yeah but is that few and far between is that what yeah, you're saying so so for the yeah for track and field for division one you can't sign until your senior year anyway 
you know so yeah NCAA rules you can I can call a kid once a week in their junior year uh and I can text them their junior year I can even bring them on an official visit on their junior year but the reality is even though I can do that I want to see what they do as juniors. I want to see their high school season play out. I still want to see their times. And so really, yeah, I can bring you on campus as a junior, but guess what? I then still have to wait your whole entire fall of your senior year to sign a national letter of intent. So if I bring you on campus when you're a junior, yeah, I took away one of your five official visits, but now I got to sit there and play it out and wait till you take your three or four other visits in the fall. So there is a game. And so it is tough, you know, really it's like when it comes to recruiting, it really, if you're, if you're talking D1, you know, it's, it starts at the end of your junior year. Yeah. You're going to have co- coaches call and reach out to sophomore year. They can start sending out questionnaires, but that's it. They can only send out questionnaires and get basic information from the coach, from the student athlete themselves. And it can be their via online questionnaire or one that they physically send to the high school coach. And mm-hmm. then the high school coach, if they give it to them, then yeah. Oh, yeah. fills out the questionnaire. Because trust me, a lot of college, high school coaches. <laughs> well, oh. yeah. I mean, that's also but, a problem is, I mean, I like to think of myself as a coach that's really on top of it. And there are some private schools where they have entire areas of that school that's designed to give kids that NCAA help and reach out to coaches and help with the marketing and all that stuff. But let's be honest, what, 75, 80% of high school coaches don't even have the connections, uh, aren't going to write emails. Like I wrote 97 emails for one of my athletes and I just ran it to random schools that he was interested in. And I only got probably 30 back. And then within those 30, it grew into a smaller pool. Yep. But let's, you said the game, Justin. Can you explain the game between D1, D2, D3? I mean, everyone wants to go to USC and LSU yeah. and Florida or Texas A&M, right? But yep. let's be honest. Like, that's that's very, very difficult, right? Yeah, it's very, very tough. So first and foremost, people say, well, where are you going to get these stats? They're online. So when... Someone fills out a national letter of intent, which is what tells them what they're getting an offer. So division one, division two, do national letters of intent. Division three is no athletic scholarships. It's all academic aid or merit. And so it's basically what you are able to get into that school. And then, you know, what's your financial background look like? What's your GPA? And so division three is totally different. So division three, there is no athletic scholarships. They have grants um, and they have things and ways yes. to get you into the school. Okay. Exactly. And trust me, just because it's D3 doesn't mean you can't get a full. Because guess what? By the time all that gets done, you might only have to pay two grand. If that, maybe you might be totally not have to pay any money out of pocket. So it just really depends. Um, so if you're looking at Division One, you know, the national average, and again, the, I can provide a website so people can look at it themselves. The national average, this is all across the board for for college track and field, field, the average scholarship is no more than $19,000 a year. That's average. That's average. That's it. So the, hey, I'm getting a full. It's very, very tough. Very, very tough to get a full ride. 
And I mean, you know, I'm not, I'll say this, but I do know some kids that were nationally ranked and I mean, nationally ranked, I'm talking top five are not getting fools. You know, like I know one kid that was uh, not last year, but the year before they were the number one 800 meter runner in the country ran 148. Wow. A very top prestigious school said, we'll give you 40%. Wow. Why? Because their procedures are like, Hey, look what we've done. Like either you want to be a part of this or not. So they can do that. Now there's going to be other programs like, Hey, no, we'll give you that full, but there'll be other programs where like, we just don't give fulls out period because we got to build a team. We got to get more people. We want to have depth. So if we just give out fools, like they're nothing, then we're not going to be as good. But then the, the kick side of it is sort of like, if you're an employee and I know that I can only make $15 an hour and they give me $15 an hour to start off, what's my incentive now to work harder? Because I know I'm not going to get paid more. Well, it's the same thing for a student athlete. If I know that I'm on a full, why do I need to work harder? Why do I need to prove that I can get better? So a lot of coaches don't give a full because they want that kid to come in and say, Hey, Come earn it. Show it. Yes, you've shown us already, but that's high school. Like when you step in your freshman year, what you did in high school doesn't matter. It's over. It's done. Your slate is clean. So now you have to reprove yourself and whatever conference it is, can you score? Can you contribute? Can you do it in multiple events? You know, and depending on the goal of that university is going to dictate those standards. So, I mean, if you're a Florida, the goal is to win a national title. So that means you better be coming in and scoring points at nationals. And if you're not, then, you know. Maybe have to renegotiate this, right? Yeah, we have to re- exactly. And your, your offer is going to be what they see as you, as you as the value that you bring to that objective. Okay, so you said value. So my kid, hypothetically, is a, one of the best high jumpers in California history where I'm at and he's top five, but we're calling schools around and they're saying, we just, we are not going to give a full or even some partial scholarship to a high jumper. What else do you do? But you do call around and they say things like, well, distance athletes is what we're about. We, our school needs yep. distance. So can you explain the distance or the, 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 the rationale between university a is a distance school and then university B has no need for sprinters because we have 10 kids that can run 10, five or below. Correct. Okay. So can you explain track and field in that regard? Yeah. So when, when you're a head coach, just like any high school coach, right? You, you know, your state and how it takes to score points. If you want to win nationals, well, guess what? You're going to create a game plan. That's going to help you get there. So let's say you're, you know, I don't know, in Texas, it's six, a five, a let's say, you know, you look at Thrones like, hey, you know what? This school at this state is always really competitive in this area. And this is usually how they win state. Well, if we're not better in those areas as them, how are we going to be able to beat them? Oh, maybe we can do it in the middle distance. Maybe we can do it in the jumps. Maybe we can do it in the relays. You know, so a university is going to look at the people within their conference. So we'll just go California. Who are the big hitters when it comes to sprints? We already know who they are. It's Oregon, USC, mm-hmm. you know. So if you know they're stacked and you're not stacked, well, what other errors can we build to get points away from them? Because we're not gonna we're not going to take the 
first spot, second spot. But what other points can we take from from them though, where we can be close to probably beat them? Okay, well, they're not heavy in the distance, they're not heavy in this. So let's create this value to go after it. Okay. So that's going to help set how that school is going to go about what that head coach feels is going to be best to make them successful at the conference. And then same thing national. Okay. But then also you got to look at the school demographically. What's the history? Where are they at? Cause let's, let's be honest. Like if I'm a school up North, let's just say North Dakota. Right. Are we going to be able to get a lot of sprinters? No, you can't get people. No. Yeah. Just- Why? Because no one wants to come to the cold. Yeah. You know, so how are they going to, okay, I got Povo, I got, I got the distance. Hey, we can do throws, hmm. you know, but it's the same thing like South. Like when I was recruited at, at, you know, in Texas, it's hard to get distance runners to come South. Why? Cause they like to run more and more comfortable. They don't like to run in the heat. Right. So demographic plays a big part of it. And then the other thing that that's a huge factor that a lot of people don't know is when you only have 12.5 scholarships on the men's side and there's 21 events for track and field, uh-huh. how are you going to build an overall balanced program of kids that's depth and you only got 12.5 scholarships? It's yeah. pretty challenging. Same thing with the girls. You only have 18. Some programs are fully funded. What I mean by fully funded is they got you know the 12.5 for the guys and 18 for the women. Some are not even full funded. There's even junior colleges that like, look, I only have two scholarships for the whole entire program. And my AD saying, go recruit. And you're like, I got two scholarships. I, I'm not going to get fulls. I can't because I got to build a team right. and doing right. 21 events. So there's a lot to it. And a lot of ADs will come in and say, hey, I want X amount of dollars to be towards cross country. Or to this event. And guess what? As a head coach, you better listen to your AD. And you better do it. If not, you're probably going to get fired. Wow. That's the thing where college coaches have to deal a lot more with compared to high school coaches. You know, because let's be honest. I mean, high school coaches are not getting paid to be a track coach. They're paid to be teacher first. And then they get it right, a small stipend to, to be. And then, yeah, there's like yourself. They're very you know, I love track and field. I mean, but at the end of the day, your athletic director is not telling you, Hey, this is how I want you to build your program and do it. Right. So, and then there's no limit. It's, I mean, ADs are not sitting there. I mean, maybe, but they're not sitting there going, Hey, you got to cut kids. There is no cutting at the high school level. But now if they said, Hey, you can only have a roster size of 30 kids on the men's side and 30 on the women's side. Ooh. Now you're in a different game as a high school coach. So you're not going to let Neely Willie just come out. You're going to have to strategize even more of like how we're going to build this thing to be successful, to win the state title. Okay. So it sounds like what you're telling me is as a high school coach and as an, as a parent who has a senior in high school, who, who had a good junior year, we got to find the best place and best fit for them within what that college is saying they need. Right. We have to find, so it's, we need to cast that net as wide as possible to as yep. many schools as possible. And as we're doing that through email, through the, it seems like you go and you tell me, is it best to, for high school athletes to go to the, like you went to, you know, you were at Air Force Academy TCU or even like Louisiana Tech, go to their website, fill in the information, 
get in contact with them, start the process. What's yes. the best way for a high school kid to try to see if they're a good fit? Yeah. You need. Uh, yeah. I think first thing is being honest with themselves. They have to be honest. And that's the thing about track and field. It's very black and white. You are what you are based off of your performance. It's not, Hey, I can be. So if I'm a 11 flat hundred meter guy, I mean, 11 flat hundred meter guy, that's my PR. But now let's, let's look at even further. What's my average. Let's take my top five performances in those events. That's who I am. I'm not my PR. Cause if I was my PR, I'd be running 11 flat all the time, but I'm, oh. not, running I'm not running 11 flat all the time. That's my PR. But what are my other times? And so that's where they have to start with. Same thing with high school club coaches. Like, yeah, hey, you just ran 1040. That's awesome. That's your PR. And then secondly, it's like it's been going on Twitter. Was it wind dated? Because if it was wind dated and it was a 4.0 winds, that's yeah, was, not or is it FAT? You know, yeah, where was exactly. it? Yeah. 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 So there's a lot of have, you have to look at the overall body, not just this is my fastest time. Because college coaches are looking at the overall body, not just your best performances. Because you're, that's just your best performance. I want what your average is. Because that's who you are on every single given meet. Hmm. I'm know? so glad you mentioned this, Justin, because <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought, yeah. and I'll tell you this, a lot of people are going to be not surprised, but they're going to be thinking to themselves, man, but I got myself to Arcadia. I got myself to one of the best meets in the nation and I did that one thing on that one day at the one time. And then I honestly, especially sprinting, I kind of just yeah. did, I fizzled away and I wasn't at state finals and I wasn't, I didn't get where I needed to go. I wasn't yeah. on relay teams. I wasn't. So you, you earlier, you mentioned like you're looking for the breath and that big kind of like overall picture of the kid. So like the kid gets into the college, what kind of contract are they signing? Are they, so, are, can they lose yeah. the scholarship? Does it so change? They yeah, they can lose it. Now there is in 2000 and I believe it's 2010. Don't, I'd have to go back. Don't quote me on it, but I believe it's 2010. It's, it's a podcast. When, Everything's quoted. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you'd have to look, but I believe it was 2010 or 2013. One of the, one of those, but university of Wisconsin was the first one. The NCAA was the first one to adopt what's known as a multi year national letter of intent which is basically, hey, I can give you a full ride for three years or I can give you a full ride for all four years, okay? So that is out there, okay? Um, but there's there's ways that coaches can go about of, basically it's called zeroing and out. So if I give you a multi-year scholarship, I can basically say, hey, for year one, this is your full. For the next year, it shows zero on the national letter intent and stuff because – yeah, even though I'm promising and guaranteeing it, however, I become myself ineligible. So I can become academically ineligible. So I can't compete. Well, that can render my my national letter of intent, my award after the end of the year, done. You know, they like, well, look, you became ineligible. You haven't competed for us. Like, we're not going to renew you mm -hmm. because you became academically ineligible. Uh, so your national, usually the national letter of intent is for one full calendar year. So from August all the way until like end of June. Oh, so and that then, counts also for the kid that is a junior in high school, signs their national letter of intent. They don't even, 
like they have a one-year contract. Like let's say the kid at state finals pulls his hamstring. College can't pull the scholarship. No, they can't pull the scholarship. They can't, they can't pull it. So it's, you can't pull it based off of performances or injuries. Okay. Uh So it is safe in regards to that for during that one year. So let's say it's June, let's say they're, they're senior year and they tear the ACL. Yeah. You know, they're going to, the college coach is going to honor them. Like, Hey, you got to get this. But then after that first year, they're like, Hey, look, you didn't meet these things. You didn't meet these standards. We're going to keep it the same or we're going to reduce you based off of just like businesses. They document things. Well, you've been late five times. We've had these disciplinary issues. You know, you had this issue with your academic counselor. You, you know, showed these you know, you were disrespectful to them or you use these words or, sure. you know, well, guess what? They're going to document that. So if your actions are not one that is commendable and uh-huh. it's constantly an issue, well, at the end of the year, they can sit there and say, we have all of this in writing. We've talked to you about it. This is why we're reducing your scholarship, or this is the reason why we're not renewing it. Well, when they go to the committee board to appeal it, and grown adults see those, oh, yeah, you cussed out so-and-so or, you know, you've done this, the academic advisor, you haven't been taking care of your responsibilities and this has been addressed. Yeah, like, we're on the coach's side on this. Like, you're, you lost that your – That makes sense. You know? So it, it, it's that's why it's got to be treated like it's a business. It's not like, yes, I got my money. I'm good, you know. And trust me, college coaches are not – they're not like, oh, yeah, we're going to – cut you we're going to get rid of you like college coaches are going to do anything and everything to make it work the kids got to be willing to do their part as well if they're not willing to do their part now it's sort of like hey you know what maybe you know you should try to maybe look for somewhere else and that college coach is going to help them i've been on the other phone where i picked up the phone and said hey this person's not fitting do you guys have anything and then i try to help that kid get placed at another school that's get a get a scholarship and if they can go on and be successful and it's a better fit then awesome it's a win for them you know so it's not a clear cut because the college coaches constantly went into their ad's and said hey look i gotta get rid of this guy get rid of this. well guess what now it looks bad on the college coach because now the ad's like wait a minute you're the ones recruiting you're making these mistakes maybe we should get rid of you <laughs> so yeah it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a balance and you can't. And then, you know, if, if constantly do that, which NCAA has these things called an APR. Well, if your APR gets hit now, you can possibly as a college program, you can possibly lose your scholarship, lose some scholarships. You can get in trouble by the NCAA and the APR is basically based off of your graduation, your graduation percentage and your team's overall GPA. Man, it's a lot of things that a head coach at a, yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot, a lot to factor. So yeah, you can't, can't lose it, but you can like, well, you so know, you need to ask like, Hey, like if, if, you know, I know I can't lose it based off of, you know, uh, my performance and stuff like this, but coach, uh, Hey, like, is my scholarship worth one year? Like, is it guaranteed to always be renewed every year? Or can it be reduced at the end of end of the year? And what if it can, what's the reasons why? They'll tell you. They're not going to hide it. 
So you got to be willing to ask those questions. Okay. But as a call, as a high school parent, put it this way. I've heard a lot of college coaches say this. We, they are not your child's 529 plan. Yeah. They're not. They're there to be successful. And so don't look at them of seeing as like, ooh, if I get a track and scholarship, that's my way to pay for my school. That's great. That's what everyone wants. But let's also look at the other side of things too. It is, there's a business. You're not going to just go to McDonald's and be employed and expect to just sit there and they're going to pay you like, oh yeah, we're totally fine with that. No big deal. We'll keep paying you. <laughs> so Justin, can I, can I, like, let's say a lot of coaches are going to listen to this podcast and a lot of athletes too, that are interested in college. You, you're an expert in this. And I see you on Twitter constantly helping college coaches or high school coaches and high school athletes understand the game. And real quickly, what's your pitch? What, what are the, some of the, the main things that you can tell a high school kid and their family to do to get, find the best fit for them? Yeah. Mean, can, can we ask questions like how much money can I get? Like, what does that sound like? Can I, is it okay to be dumb and not know the game? Yeah. Yeah. It's a hundred percent. Okay. And I think that's where it's parents and kids have to do a better job of educating themselves. You be the driver. Don't expect the high school coach or the club coach to do it for you. Cause let's be honest, that's a full-time job for a high school or club coach. If they really wanted to do it the full way, that's a full-time job. Oh, I, mean, I know. I, I try. I mean, it's, yeah, it's exactly. I mean, and so therefore you're like, well, I'm only getting this time. I do it because I care for the kids, but I can only do so much. Mm-hmm. And so, and there's things as a high school coach that things slip through the cracks. I mean, it's, it's easy to do when you're trying to balance the school teaching side, then, you know, the, the coaching standpoint, and then like, Hey, I got to help out the kids getting a scholarship. So at the end of the day, the high school kid and the parents, they have to go seek it out. They can't just sit back. So that's my biggest recommendation. If you don't know, ask the questions, reach out. If you don't feel like the high school coach or the club coach is giving the information, reach out to someone else, find out. You're not doing it to be disrespectful. You're trying to better understand the reasons why. Go to the NCAA website. They got tons of information there. All you have to do is read it, you know, but a lot of people don't do it because they don't want to do the work. So well, that's we did. My Justin, I, my, I ran 10, 22, like in the hundred meter dash. F 2.0 wind and fully automatic times. It was awesome. Now, don't I need to expect people come to me? Like, is are they going to walk up and talk to me after the meet and say, we would like to offer you? Man, if that was the case, then everyone would be living the American dream. And we know that's not the truth. So we need to be best advocates for ourselves. In the sport of track yes. and field, athletes and parents and coaches need to go out, find the best fit. And that means doing the due diligence and yes. being a little gritty. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Send the emails on your behalf, reach out to the college coaches, DM them, you know, but the biggest first thing is from parent to the kid to the high school coach, be realistic. Don't go off of what they can do. Yes, have that, but weigh it on where they're currently at. What are their numbers? It's not like football. It's not like basketball where they're being projected off of different movement skills, how they read the offense how they, you know, track and field is based off of how far you throw, how fast you run, how far you jump. Uh-huh. That's, it. That's it. So those are your standards. Oh, I ran 11 flat. 
then you're 11 flat. I run 230 in the in the 800. You're 230 for the 800. So it's first being honest with yourself where you're at and then going, these are the standards of that school, of that conference. Am I even close to those standards? If I'm not, then what schools and conferences where do I meet those standards? So is that division two? Is that division three? Is that NEI? Is that junior college? Trust me, there's been a lot of Olympians that started at the junior college level. They didn't start D1. Mm -hmm. They still were Olympians. So it doesn't matter what division you go to, because here's what the bottom line. People say the goal is to get the school paid for, right? Sure. So if that's the bottom line, then what? why does it matter what level it's at then? Oh. So really, it's a, it's a mirror to say, yeah, it's about the, it's about getting my school paid for. No, it's really about where you want to be, where you feel is best for athletics. What you, what you feel you deserve. Yes, I mean, exactly. Because if yeah. we're going to be honest about it too, and this is, I'm being really candid. <laughs> if we're being really honest with it, as us now being out and stuff in the working world, how many employees ask where you got a degree and you didn't get hired because you got your degree from University of Yakamaka? Yeah. If you interviewed well, you have the skill set and you showed them that you can help that company grow and you're a good asset, you're going to get hired. So yeah, bottom line. So, so it's not. So if you're getting that full or getting the most money for your bank, if it's NEI, Division Two, II, Division Three, Division One, then that's what it should be about. So that's to me, that's the bottom line. And I know people are going to be like, "Well, I know, yes, D one is fine, but trust me, there's been a lot of great programs where you can get a great education, get your school paid for." Be competitive, have a good athletic career, because your athletic career majority, it's 1% that make Olympic team. Mm -hmm. The rest of it's about getting your degree, growing as a young man, young woman, maturing and being successful once your five years of college athletics is done. If you've been listening to this podcast, obviously you just realized in the last 30 minutes that Justin really has a lot of credibility here. Um, Justin, real quick, can you explain, I know the answer, but can you explain tier one athletes? Can you explain your business, why you decided to leave the co collegiate world and go into private and kind of what you're doing with that and how people can honestly go to Twitter and reach out in, to you in particular and get some of these resources you're talking about? Yeah. So the reason I started tier one athlete is really, it came back to a passion and vision of mine that I wanted to give back to my hometown in Scottsdale, Nebraska. And so I created tier one to basically go back there and put on camps, clinics for spurs and hurdlers to give back to my community. So then as my college career kept going, I had it on the side. Um, but then after I had a kid, I was like, look, I want to be at home more. I want to be around my family more. And so I'm like, I'm getting out of college coaching. And so then that's where I was like, you know what, I'm not going to have a a, a main job and do this part-time i'm going to jump in full feet and try to build it full-time and have it as my full-time job so that's where tier one then came even more and now it's literally as you can tell just by this talk like i'm very passionate i want to be able to truly help out these kids 
help out these parents when it comes to recruiting stuff, but also help them when it comes to training, you know, cause there's great coaches out there, but there's also coaches as you see, you're just like, well, what's, what's going on here? Yeah. You know? So I just want to, and I feel that with tier one athlete, my background and experience that I can have a, a big impact and helping these kids out personally and also career-wise when it comes to the track and field you know so that's why tier one was 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 born well if you guys go on uh right now is a great time to go on justin's twitter uh page because if in his spare time he's keeping everybody accountable and calling people out for hand timing 40 yard dashes and calling those nfl combine times he's even putting a clock on people running and they're filmed watching them run the 40 yard dash when their heel moves and their hand moves and trying to get a real more accurate time to the 40 yard dash uh justin it's very entertaining to me and i know it is to a lot of other people and it's good it's good that you're doing that so um yeah you guys can find more about uh what justin does at uh tier one athlete on twitter you can also email him at tier one athlete at gmail.com um justin is very very active in social media he's a lot of really cool things um him and i actually talk often about hurdles and um I, he's in a bunch of clinics uh reach out to him and find out if you did listen to this podcast i really hope you did learn something about the college i sure did but the college relationship between athletes that are in high school trying to aspire to something greater so this is great this this podcast is brought to you by on track and Again, I'm a high school coach and I need equipment and I want the very best for my athletes on trackandfield.com. will give you what you need. And in the promo code, right? Track talk, all one word, and you get 15% right then and there. Uh, Justin, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for, um, and you know, we're probably gonna have to do this again because I think we just scratched the surface. So I appreciate it, man. You're welcome. I appreciate it. And so it was good to be on.